Yes, indeedy. <laughs> Shamara Thomas. Oh, gallows. Oh, Lord. My goodness. I wanted to set the tone properly for this amazing release. And I do believe, Miss Kamara, you're on the other line. Is that right? Got you there? Hi. How's there it going? Yay. Okay. Just want to check. Uh, make sure you're there so I can carry <laughs> on. Uh, wow. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to our Sweetheart and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. Thanks for having me. I'm really, uh, thanks for playing my music. Yeah, this is this is such an amazing release. Y'all, um, for our listeners, this phenomenal album was released last May, uh, Tula Rosa, an American Dream Time. And as I understand it, and we'll get into all that, how many years it took to bring this together. It's very ambitious with... Uh, stories told as songs, uh, theater work, videos, uh, and here's the quote, explores, quote, the underbelly of American history through the lens of its most underrepresented voices. And that is so important for those stories to be told. So thank you for bringing this huge undertaking to life. <laughs> I finally got it there, you know, dragged it across the finish line, or, you know, dragged it across the first finish line. <laughs> <laughs> Probably many. So how many years? What's, tell us the story on this making of this project. So, um, you know, it started when I was babysitting some kids in New York <laughs> um, in my kind of early days as a songwriter. Um, and uh, their their folks, uh, their mom was from um, the Tularosa region of New Mexico. She, uh, you know, kind of the El Paso through, um, you know, El Paso, Texas, through the kind of upper reaches of New Mexico where, where all of her family were from. And so they had gone on a trip to, um, you know, back home to visit. And she came back with this, with this travel book by C.L. Sonicson called Tularosa. Uh, the last of the frontier west and uh, I just leaped through it and the stories were so I don't know I just all I was taken with the stories and I've always been you know I, I grew up with you know a tiny black and white tv watching westerns and so I've always kind of been obsessed with the American west and um, you know so, something about the stories in this in this book just kind of caught me and especially how you know, recent some of the feuds and and stories had taken place. You know, kind of into the you know early 1900s. This idea that the the West really took a long time to get um, dominated by by um, by you know the U.S. government. And so I just started reading a lot about you know how how the West. You know how the West and the mythology of the West kind of came to be, and I just kind of, you know, started to slowly circle around it. I've always been obsessed with American mythology, mythology in general, but I guess American mythology and how we how we construct our stories to, you know, to to fit our own narratives about what America is, and and you know, as an Americana songwriter. Um, you know, I think of I think of that genre as being where where we store our stories about about what we are. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it, it, I could go on and on. It, I'm I'm like you know queen of the rabbit holes. But um, <laughs> you know, so so American mythology is one of my rabbit holes, and you know, it just uh, all these songs started to pour out. Some of them, 
some of them related directly to the book and the stories in the book and other ones that this came from, you know, really like staring, staring for long periods of time at pictures <laughs> of the West. Um, you know, they kind of came from all over. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, I was a, a, I started out in theater. I thought I was going to be an actress for a minute, but before I um, decided songwriting was my path and, um, you know, so stuff started to just occur to me as, as theatrical things. Um, and, you know, what the project is now, it took a really, took, you know, that whole arc of time from, from, I guess, 2006 is when I first started writing songs till now to kind of figure out exactly what I was doing with the, with the other parts of the work that weren't music related. Mm -hmm. So you do have a background in theater. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because uh, the dance and the choreography and the visual artwork, and I did post uh, for the listeners uh, Twilight Twain's Facebook page and and also uh, your uh, Kamara Thomas's uh, YouTube channel. You can find these videos that are so starkingly, uh, you know, beautiful in a very... Uh, I don't know. It just it just grabs you. Kind of dark, a little. Uh, yeah, I you know, <laughs> um, the, the style of the videos kind of came from. Yeah, you know, I was. It took such a long time to really get the album going, and it was really frustrating. And um, you know, I didn't have the resources I needed to make the album I wanted to make for a really long time. And um, you know, so I, I ended up doing this Kickstarter campaign. Um, which kind of got me got me moving in uh, 2016, maybe, and um, and as part of that, you know, I just had this moment where I was like, I'm gonna make a video, you know. I was like, I've got $750. <laughs> I'm gonna like buy some, you know, a roll of of brown paper and some ice paint, and I'm gonna get a bunch of friends who will like work for you know rice and lentils. <laughs> and um, you know, and my friend Jim Haverkamp, who's who has a, a photo studio here called uh, in Durham, North Carolina, uh, called uh, Shadowbox. You know, he said he he said he'd help me, and you know, he's been kind of my 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 film partner and all those things. But you know, I, I was like, I'm going to make this video that kind of explains just a concept of like what I'm trying to accomplish with the kind of theatrical and dance things and making this video kind of like I don't know it just it it created this space for me where where all of a sudden I understood what I was doing um and that that became the O'Gallows video you know and I I, Mm. you know I got a big roll of like um a really cheap cloth and just draped it over people and we made made masks and um you know it was very like i did what i could with as little as possible and and that kind of became my my visual style my video style my theatrical style it's like you know what's lying around what's in the space what's available for the budget that i've got um and it ended up being kind of a miraculous discovery that you know, I was to to kind of come up with everything I was doing for it, just based on re- really minimal. Um, you know, like what's the simplest way that I could get these ideas across 
Um, and now that kind of is, is the way I always go about my art, um, visually, video, you know, anything that's not musical. I mean, you know, musically too. <laughs> it's well, like, it sounds like the, the, the visual part of that was literally a Kickstarter and, and, and like you said, it kind of impelled you to be, you know, get into the album creation more. It was, sounds like a literal Kickstarter, right? Um, yes. Yes, it really was. It really was. <laughs> Very cool. It's uh, I, yeah. I want to make sure everybody checks that out. Um, it's it's so I can't even. It's it's you just have to see it. It's really hard to describe because it is visually like it's you know not it's not all clear, but it does paint, yeah. paint a picture and tell a story. Which I, I want to bring up one aspect that I think is so important that folks know about about. Miss Thomas is that uh, you, you work in the schools and I know when I was coming up um, you know I love my PE and art class and you know some of this and that but history yeah I just I, uh, I, and now I feel like you know an ignorant adult because uh, her, well, um, automatics I mean I know that's you know I remember that well I think that's in Virginia and I had to look it up and I'm like <laughs> you know but the, the the gift that you bring in bringing these stories and this history and this these um, underrepresented folks out because we're not going to catch that in our history books even if you dig history as a student um, you're telling stories that aren't necessary probably aren't in the history books at all would you say absolutely you know and and it's it's a funny thing we kind of have to make those histories up in some ways you know. Uh, any song I write that's, you know, based on, a, you know, some are based on real historical characters, some are, are fictionalized, but I research, I do research them, you know, I kind of research and try to find out what, what words were spoken then, what, what, um, what kind of terrain that character might have been walking. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that, that's, that's what all Americana music is, you know, not all, I guess, but um, the storytelling aspect of mm -hmm. Americana and country music is, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it, it's digging up and excavating these stories that, um, whether they're fictional or not, they're, they're, um, they're creating our, you know, they're creating our, our cultural, um, soil, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so it is really important to me to plant plant seeds of, of, you know, these, these voices that, you know, for me, you know, growing up watching Westerns and stuff, um, I was always thirsty for like any woman in, in the story, any brown person in the story, you yeah. know, I was like, who's that? What are they about? You know, and they always were playing these kind of, you know, very auxiliary characters. Yeah. And, um, but I was, I was always incredibly interested in them. Um, and so it feels really good as a songwriter to flesh those stories out and to, um, you know, cre create them from the ground up. Um, and it, it's still, it's actually not that hard to find, you know, the fodder you need to, to, um, to write those stories if, it, if I'm willing to dig a little, just a little bit. Um, so yeah, yeah. The, um, phrase... I read um, mythology 
dies and is reborn. And that, that's what makes me think of that when you say I'm retelling the stories. Is that what you're... Help, help us understand the, the phrase uh, describing Tularusa, mythology dies and is reborn. Well, I, I think, you know, in that way, I, I, I think about American mythology a lot. And I think about um, the, some of the basic uh, tenets of American mythology, like individualism. Um, you know, these are things we, we don't think about kind of overtly when, we're, we're, when we think about America, but um, these basic things like, like rugged individualism, um, you know, domination, Manifest like destiny. winning, kind of this <laughs> winning mentality, like mm-hmm. America wins, America is made up of a bunch of rugged individuals, America is, um, you know, manifest destiny, which um, it's funny, I heard some songwriter, like, not, you know, some very popular band the other day, like, where they had used the Manifest Destiny in their song, and I could tell that they had no idea what it meant, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that, but but it was such a good example of, of, like, it's in our psyche, it's in our collective psyche, the idea of Manifest Destiny, which was really the the right that America thought it had to kind of bulldoze across a land and dominate whatever resources and peoples and um, it needed to become America, right? That mm-hmm. that was manifest destiny. And in this song, this, this you know, guy singing about, it's my manifest destiny, I guess, to, I don't know, sound like to become a star or to like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Dude um, didn't get it, did he? <laughs> and, you know, I was like, huh, it's interesting. You know, if you just looked up manifest destiny, you would have seen that that's maybe not what you wanted to say, but um, but it's just so inside our collective psyche that like it just gets spit out. Um, and so for me, you know, in order, mythologies can't be killed. Um, they they can, they can be replaced. They can be another mythology can get stuck next to it and to to say like, hey, like you know, it, other mythologies can entice us away from that. But but it's um, you know, I, you know, like I said, the rabbit holes, you know, but. You know, I think of mythology being what what we use to tell stories, and if we're not really conscious of the of the mythology where that that kind of undergirds the stories that we tell, we just kind of keep regurgitating and recreating these old paradigms. Um, and so, I don't know. It's just it's something that is really important to me to always be really conscious of the mythology I'm kicking out. Um, the mythology that I'm that I'm using to create stories, um, and I, I I don't think a lot of storytellers, you know, think about that 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 like the movies we watch, the stories we listen to, the TV shows we watch, you know, all the all the storytelling that we consume is it's coming from a point of view, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and and that point of view it is. Uh, supported by a whole like map of mythology that um, that the storyteller may or may not be conscious of, um, and yet it's program. You know, like, we call it programming for a reason. 
you know, your, your regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) It's programming us with, with stories about ourselves, stories about what our country is, who we are, what our place in it is. Um, so that's what I'm. All, I'm always thinking about this stuff. <laughs> I think it's important. I love to hear it because we, so many folks as listeners and not necessarily songwriters, but obviously the songwriters too. You know, we just we just take for granted what our defaults are, and yeah. you've you've taken these defaults and kind of, I don't know, spread them apart, looked at them, investigated yeah. little focus beam, and then bring up some elements that weren't in there at all. Um, that really expand, I would say, also the the stories that are our history. Uh, you know, these stories, I want to ask, so we did open with O'Gallows, and you had mentioned um, just a bit ago about uh, some are based in um, actual historical figures and some are mm-hmm. more fictionalized characters. And that song, O'Gallows, uh, it's a mother, like she's losing her son to the gallows. Is that based on a historical figure that actually existed or like a composite conglomerate of stories? Yeah, I mean, more more composite, you know, just from like studying, you know, gallows culture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm um, going to get that rabbit hole. Know, that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to think if there are which, you know, the, I think the only song um, that, you know, I've, I've got loads of songs. This is really just a volume one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm trying to think which songs, you know, um, I know Last Cruise, Last Ride to Last Cruises has mention of a few, mm-hmm. you know, historical characters. Mm-hmm. Um, Eugene and Love Rhodes was a real character. Who, that's the, the last track on the album. Um, yeah, but O'Gallows was more, you know, more conglomerate, composite, and you know, I was thinking theatrically in terms of who were the, you know, who are the people behind, you know, the, the people that might have showed up, shown up to the gallows, you know, yeah. um, and and realize, you know, it's so easy in in, in a western to, you know, the same kind of person always ends up at the gallows, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> and I think it, it, you know, it's hard to imagine how. Um, how absolutely lawless the West was, you know, how, how really the worst of what a human could become, both, you know, like wild human, like meets, um, meets dominator, like greed, and mm-hmm. you know, like, like the kinds of people that ended up at the gallows were anything from a criminal to like someone who you know, the mayor didn't like, you know, someone who the sheriff just wanted out of the way. So, you know, I was trying, I was thinking a lot about that, that, that there were, each of those people was attached to someone, you know, somewhere. That song, I think definitely embodies the, excuse me, um, man, the, the absolute, uh, sadness and grief. Uh, we've really, embodied that mom (laughs) Uh, beautifully done I wanted to uh, well we mentioned I mentioned uh, P said um, I always want to say it wrong Appomattox there we go Uh, and that 
because it was in Virginia, I thought, well, I did, you know, I looked into like, why, how does that song fit in? We are, I'd like to play that for folks and um, help them, you know, kind of paint the picture of how a story about a, a you know, a Eastern battlefield mm-hmm. ended up in a Western epic story. Uh, great. Uh, so you want me to talk about it before you play yes, it? Yes, please. Or after? Yeah. No, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, so, so this, this is something I do in, um, th- that I just did in one of my multidisciplinary performances. I was in Santa Fe at the Santa Fe Art Institute, and we did a, a gallery show where, um, you know, we take the audience and we start them, you know, we, it's usually a site-specific traveling performance. So we'll start the audience, we started the audience outside, and we kind of slowly but surely had them move indoors into the gallery space and, you know, had different projections and um, and different kind of theatrical pieces that got done around the gallery space. But the way I started it and the way I'll kind of lay the groundwork um, for, for Appomattox is, you know, it, pretend you're in my audience, please, that for anyone who's listening out there. And just kind of like pay attention to where you're seated or where you're standing and look at like the, just the ground underneath your feet, right? And I, I'd like you to imagine, you know, I always start by saying, my name is Kamara. I am the daughter of, of Kathleen and Gregory. I'm the granddaughter of Jaquitter and Julia. And that my, uh, my, on my grandmother's side, uh, on my grandmother Jaquitter's side, I'm the descendant of Mama Kemp, who made her way to Arkansas from uh, from one of the, the deeper South slave states, and whose people traveled across uh, the sea on the Middle Passage from the Benin Congo region of Africa. And look again at your feet and where you're sitting as an American. And, and recognize what a miracle it is that you're here, mm. <laughs> that you're here in this moment. And if you can today, tomorrow or someday, please like look back and try to figure out and, and trace a line, you know, like a map from how your people made their way here and how they made, you know, you're in, Nebraska, right? Mm, you know, how, how did your people make it from from all the way across the sea to wherever they made it? Probably landing on the east coast of the United, of what we call the United States, and all the way to Nebraska. And so, you know, a big part of the work is about migration patterns and about how Americans, you know, we, we kind of tend to think of ourselves, part of that rugged individualism piece of our mythology mm-hmm. tends to kind of plop us into wherever we are as if like we arrived there by magic, you know, mm-hmm. as if we, we just kind of, I've been here, my family's been here for a hundred years, I belong here, right? And, you know, I, I really, with, the kind of the, the theatrical and other pieces of the work I'm trying to create, you know, I think just in that simple act of of understanding the line that you know between places, um, that that's a healing that is a healing act 
for our country. For if, if every yeah. person in our country could, could do that, that simple act, that, that there would be a lot more conversation happening between our kind of polarized, um, you know, divides. Um, and so in the work, you know, this, this person at Appomattox is one of my characters who eventually makes their way across and ends up in the Tularosa region. Um, so, but you, you'll have to come and see uh, the theater stuff to, uh, to know how that's connected. That sounds really, well, that's a, I love that point. Um, we take, do take that for granted. And uh, a great setup here for No Peace at um, Adamatics and Appomattox. And I want to make sure folks know where you are listening to KZM Lincoln, KZM HD. This is Miss Kamara Thomas sitting in with our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. It's Twyla Twang. And we are going to play for you right now No Peace at Adamat- <laughs> Appomattox. Yes, indeed. No peace at Appomattox. Ms. Kamara Thomas here on the Women's Show in our Sweethearts and Badasses of Americana and Beyond interview series. And I uh, trust you're still with me, Ms. Thomas. I'm here. Awesome. I'm here. Yeah, that really brings, uh, when I, for my ears, um, brings that individual uh, in his torment and laugh mm-hmm. uh, just so, so explicitly vivid. Just uh, great, great work there. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, we, let's see, a couple more things I want to cover. If you have the time, do you have the time today for us? Yeah, I do. I do. Thank you. Because uh, there's, uh, you know, we could go on about the school stuff. That's really cool. Um, One thing I wanted to mention uh, is your, what I had read. And obviously that's a little, the timing is a little off. Maybe are you, have you finished that residency at the Art Institute in Santa Fe? Yeah, I did that this past July, um, but then I, I just went back um, actually last week and did another performance there, and um, I'm hoping to do more um, more stuff um, in the Santa Fe region um, in the next few years, uh, and I just got a nice big, uh, I just got the um, MAP Fund grant, which is um, really exciting because it gives me the resources I need to to, you know, kind of create the final iteration of the work that will hopefully be done, um, I don't know, by the end of next year is a good goal. (laughs) So that, and how far is Santa Fe from the Tularosa region? Well, Santa Fe, it's about three hours north. um, And I was able to go, uh, when when I was there, I was able to go and visit Tularosa and did some filming in the White Sands Desert. uh, And I, you know, I'll have some of that film um, video stuff out, you know, for, you know, I'll, I'll release little things here and there all throughout, uh, all throughout 2023. Um, but we got really in, incredible footage in the White Sands Desert. I don't know if you've ever been, but it, it's worth, it's worth, uh, putting on your national parks, like bucket list. It's, um, it's an amazing, amazing place. How did it feel to be actually, you know, on that, on, on those grounds. I mean, in that atmosphere. See, I just. Yeah, it was. It was really. You know, it's a. It was a profound experience. It's. It's funny. I. You know, I've been writing about the land and staring at pictures of it for a decade, over a decade, and it was a really incredible moment to finally step foot 
on a on a terraforma, you know, mm-hmm. and and to um and to just be with the land. I I I think of it as I'm I'm still weaving in with it. You know, I I need to visit it a lot more. Yeah. And um, you know, I it was only I only greeted the land. You know, I've only greeted it so far, and I know it it still has a lot to teach me. So um, you know, I'm looking forward to going back quite a bit this next year and um and finding out what what else the work has in store for me but it was really profound i'm I'm still processing it yeah i can only imagine um yeah that being that steeped in it and then to actually get that uh physiological response yeah uh, with the visuals yeah everything that just had to have been really cool it was was incredible (laughs) and so you will be uh hanging out in santa fe here and there as much as possible yeah um, yeah, I, I, my plan is to try to get back every season to see to see mm-hmm. the land in every season, um, you know, so every few months. And um, I just began a um, I, I just began an arts fellowship at Princeton, where I'm getting to teach, um, I'm getting to teach about the work, um, teach songwriting, and teach um, and teach uh, you know some courses like specifically related to the Tudorosa work. So. Um, and it's nice to have a little bit it, as an artist. It's like, oh my gosh, I have an actual salary. This is amazing. I can <laughs> I can go to Santa Fe every few months. <laughs> I'm going to use this salary to go to Santa Fe every few months. <laughs> That's a win 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 for everybody. The students, yes, you, so <laughs> the listeners, everybody. <laughs> Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you. It's it, it's been a long road, and I'm I just feel so finally resourced and supported in the work I'm doing. It's really really great. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, support um, and kind of that, well, support that's the word. Um, I came across first saw you at the Black Opera Review in Americana Fest uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how I got turned on to. Holly G and the Country Soul Songbook and the Black Opera Review. Among, you know, I have been raving about that for a year and a half. I, well, oh, you know, yay, since then, thank you. I've done special <laughs> shows on it. It's just blown my mind. And I am like preaching it out here because Good. I don't know. I didn't know, you know, and I, I follow music kind of closely <laughs> and not close enough to get again. So uh, what I felt there, and I will, I think I probably freaking cry every time I say this when I think about mm. when Jet Holden played that song Taxidermy and oh my gosh huh, and then the, the the feeling around that room in the room in the whole room I think wasn't Chris Matthews in there and some other from yeah. you know it was just so that feeling of family and community yeah. and support was overwhelmingly just slapped me upside my head and like this is so amazing I'm going to stop because yeah, it's, a, it's such a it's such an amazing community, and it's really you know I, I think of it now like an ecosystem. You know, a lot of these organizations that support and just uplift and spotlight um, BIPOC and LGBT and LGBTQIA uh, voices in country and Americana. You know, they're popping up everywhere. You know, from Reese's uh, Reese Palmer's Color Me Country podcast. And um, and she's got an organization too that that grant that gives grants uh, to BIPOC artists for their work and uh, Holly G's Black Opry, um, and, you know over 
in Durham, we're doing Country Soul Songbook, which is kind of this, um, you know, it's a conglomeration of, of we've got our own kind of art thing that we're doing, just, just trying to create and present intersectional integrated stages in country and Americana and really play the canon, uh, the canon that's been forgotten mm-hmm. um, by by uh, BIPOC and queer artists yep. uh, from the past and really trying to support them in the future too. And um, so I hope, you know, if, if you're interested and I'll make sure I keep in touch, but uh, we do a Country Soul Songbook Summit every year to just gather the whole ecosystem together tell people about all the organizations it's a it's a big virtual broadcast of like lots of artists and all the organizations doing doing advocacy work and it's actually just a lot of fun and lots of the conversations that that uh, the community wants to have about how to support artists you know this year um uh, julie height from npr uh, uh does um she does an, an essential reading uh, panel and uh, uh, Francesca Royster's will be celebrating Francesca Royster's book. Uh, she just put out this book, Black Country, this year. Uh, we'll be um, we'll be memorializing Patrick Haggerty of Lavender Country, who um, who just passed this year and is a you know a pioneer um, of gay and queer country. Um, so. You know, I hope you you let your listeners know about that. It's happening uh, January twenty one and twenty two of next year. And that is, uh, you said broadcast, so that will be uh, yeah, virtual. Okay. Yeah, it's a broadcast. So yeah, we can't move the whole state of Nebraska to Durham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I want to go personally, but yeah. Uh, so yes, we will help, certainly help promote that and make sure folks know um, between you and I we can um, stay connected and I'll make sure they get the, get it out there and y'all who are listening um, go ahead and follow follow Kamara and um, stay in touch uh, with all that she's involved with including the and uh, do I understand the Black Opry Review it sounds like it's kind of a traveling like depending on what region they're at they pull artists who can make it to that yeah. specific show but is that correct? Yes, I, you know I'm not incredibly familiar because I've been out of the loop this this year a little okay. bit. But um, Holly G started the Black Black Opry Review, and it seems like yeah, they're just doing shows all over the country, and depending on the region, it, it seems like they've got a few kind of uh, anchor artists, and then they just pull in um, artists from from whatever region they're in to you know present their work. It um, it gets it, it seems like a really fun show. I haven't gotten to. I haven't been able to get to one yet, but um, but it's really exciting. Holly G is just the best. Um, she's an amazing advocate for 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 Black and BIPOC country and, and Americana, and she's like tireless and just, just like so. Um, I don't know, so so vivacious and and ready to go for all of these artists. She's such an advocate. Yeah, great. Well. To have, if everyone could have that level of uh, cheerleader in their life, yeah. you know, yeah. just, just cheer you on and help support what you need. I got gotcha. you. And yeah. that, that support again, back to the community and family. Uh, we are, probably need to wrap it up as much as I would rather not. Um, nice. To close the segment, um, we're going to play Last Ride to Las Cruces. And uh, I know that's the one that mentioned, you know, Billy the Kid and Pat Garrett. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. real live folks. 
Um, could you set up that song for us and, and also uh, maybe on the tail end of that, make sure, again, to everybody knows how to, uh, to stay in touch and follow and all your socials and website, et cetera. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, you know, my, 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 my idea for Last Right to Last Crucis, again, you know, I was thinking about um, American mythology a lot. And uh, so I, I just kind of wrote a song about that, you know. But what, what I was really trying to convey was how the land is its own character. And I think, you know, that's one of the major themes of the work is mm-hmm. that, you know, the earth is a living being for me. And so um, this idea that, that we think we're doing these things to this kind of inanimate object when we, you know, blow up the earth or like set off nuclear bombs in, in Los Alamos. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and and so I was really just thinking about how, how could I convey musically the feeling of like, um, how the earth is really just supporting everything that humanity does here. You know, that the earth is sitting there like supporting all of it, whether we think of it as good or evil, it's all happening. And the earth is there kind of, um, um, you know, absorbing it all. And, and so I was just trying to create kind of a landscape where, um, hopefully the listener could feel, um, could feel the earth musically that's that's the best way I can describe it um and uh yeah everybody who wants to stay in touch with me um please do so my website is kamarathomas.com um you can uh, also go to countrysoulsongbook.com and we love it when you do things like join our patreon which just keeps our work going um and uh you can get on my mailing list at kamarathomas.com and check out um, all the videos and kind of go deeper into the tuberosa work um, there. And uh, I appreciate uh, you listening to my music and uh, spreading the word. Well, certainly it's, it's our honor and privilege. And, and I'm just so, so grateful that you took the time today for us. And uh, do be well. And, and if, uh, man, I'll tell you what, if I get to North Carolina, I'll be seeing you. Um, yes, I, I really want to see some of that theatrical work live <laughs> to really feel that yes. with the music. Yes, and if there's, you know, if, if you know of any, um, you know, Lincoln galleries that might want to host us, like, let us know. I'm I'm looking for, you know, venues to bring the work through. So hopefully I can bring it through. Oh, Lincoln yeah. Got- <laughs> <laughs> Deb and I are looking at it like, oh, yeah, we got some ideas. <laughs> I, and, and uh, you know, there's, there's uh, yeah, there's several, uh, like, small, I'm thinking, you know, the, small, the smaller theaters that would really, it would be great sound and, and experience for the listeners kind of in the round. And, oh, yeah, with, yeah we'll definitely oh, stay amazing. in touch there. Oh, yeah, I'll milk your brain for those awesome. at, at another time. Thanks so much. Okay, Thanks yes, thank me. you again, y'all. <laughs> uh, Miss uh, Tamara Thomas, and this is The Last Ride to Las Cruces. <laughs>